morning is Justin Bauer with Lucy Bauer and Associates. And uh, it's out of Macomb, but our Warren County Public Defender as well. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. How are you, sir? Doing well. Glad to be here. Thank you. How are things going? You, you're back. You're reopened uh, at the in, in courthouses. Yep. For the most part, um, there's still a few around the state that are allowing us to do things electronically, but they're not mandating it. We're allowed to show up. I think right now it's just a push for access, some of this, so which isn't bad for me. Some of my four-hour drives have turned into sitting at my desk and logging onto a computer, so not so bad. Yeah, not so bad at all. So remind us, uh, for folks who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your involvement here in the area. Uh, I'm Justin Bauer. I am the partner at Lucy Bauer & Associates. We're a law firm in Macomb. And about three, four years ago now, I took on the uh, contract to be the Warren County Public Defender. I have two other attorneys in my office that we kind of jointly handle that coming out here a couple of days a week and acting as public defender, working with the state here. Okay. How are things going? We've had a lot of law changes and a lot of discussion of law changes. Has it impacted your practice or your public defender contract? So a lot of it, some of the uh, executive orders that are still hanging around are causing us some headaches, and it's mainly with the state, with the only Department of Corrections, the governor's order said that, all right, you can start transporting people from jail to the Department of Corrections again. But then he said it's at the discretion of the director of the Department of Corrections. And they're not being real transparent on who they'll take or why or what they want. So a lot of the inmates who are supposed to be sentenced are just sitting in county jail, even though we've sentenced them, they've agreed to a prison term, they're not being shipped, which is bad for the county jails because they're now housing these people who they shouldn't be paying to house. But it's also bad for my clients because if you get a prison term, and if it's a significant term especially, there's a lot of programs in the Department of Corrections that you can enroll in, both to better yourself and to get time off your sentence. You can get a GED, you can get into substance abuse counseling, and these programs aren't offered in county jails. We don't have them set up. We don't have the funds for long-term programs, and they're not supposed to. It's not a surprise. So by not transferring these people when they should be to the Department of Corrections, they're both losing out on time that they could be getting off their sentence and they're losing out on these classes they should have an ability to enroll in. Interesting. And have you had a chance to be able to share that information with someone uh, at the state level with the IDOC to help them understand the challenges? You know, it's almost, it's very hard to figure out who to talk to over there because the power rests with the director. So like one guy who's a bureaucrat. So even if we call the local uh, prisons that we're dealing with, they don't have a say in this and they don't know what's going on for the most part. So it's really from the top down. There hasn't been a good system put in place right now and we're still struggling with that. Okay. Yeah, I've heard uh, Sheriff Edwards has been in, of course, on the air and and uh, the, the jail housing the inmates can be somewhat of a, a challenge. Uh, certainly been a problematic experience through, through COVID-19 as well. It has. And especially here in Warren County where we could certainly use some upgrades to the jail facility that's been causing us problems. A lot of them are requiring quarantine periods completely away from other inmates. And in smaller counties with smaller jails, that's not feasible. We don't have the room in some of these smaller counties around here, the Ninth, the Eighth Circuit, really anywhere in the middle of, the, of our state where it's not populous. We don't have sprawling jails, which we shouldn't. We shouldn't need them, ideally. So that's definitely causing issues. Okay. How many uh, uh, clients do you have uh, on a weekly uh, and monthly basis here in, in Warren County? So we kind of keep the tally by a running open caseload. Okay. And we are right now running between 90 and 100 open cases on any given day. It's about tripled over the past 18 months. So we are significantly up from where we were a couple years ago before COVID and before uh, with the prior administration. 
So help me understand, how did that caseload triple? A couple of different uh, aspects there. For one, we were shut down with no jury trials for a significant period of time. So cases that would have been resolved through trial were not resolved through trial. So they started backing up. Anytime you get a new state's attorney with a new election, the way they do things changes. There certainly seems to have been a push to charge more things as felonies. Um, So we're seeing an increased caseload there because some things that maybe would have been charged as misdemeanors in the past are being charged as felonies now. And uh, we're seeing more things require uh, a judge get involved or a trial to get it resolved than we were in the past. Okay. And uh, what are you seeing with these cases? Um, How do we get back to a more normal level? Because 90 to 100 open cases, that's a workload that we know has been there before uh, with the previous public defender, that that workload has always been uh, very, very heavy. Uh, Is there more than one public defender or just the one public defender? So the way Warren County does it, we split it up into two contracts. My contract is considered the quote-unquote main public defender contract. I handle the felonies and misdemeanors. And then we also do juvenile court. Uh, Then there is Tom Petmeyer, who has the secondary contract. He handles the traffic and DUI and uh, does some GAL work. And then we take each other's conflicts to try to avoid having to go outside the contracts. Gotcha. So between the two of us, we handle most things in the county. But we do the main for all felony and misdemeanors here. Okay. All right. What else uh, is do you want the public to know about uh, the public? You're the public <laughs> defender. I uh, didn't mean to be redundant. What else do you want folks to know about uh, what you do for the county? Um, you know, really, we just think uh, when I talk to my other associates about this, we have three of these contracts. We really believe that public defender work, especially in these smaller areas, sometimes it's hard to get attorneys to come down here to take these roles or to be public defenders. And we thought that it was important to help people get adequate representation in areas where it's hard to keep and retain those employees. You know, our governments don't have huge budgets. These are not glamorous positions. You're not, you know, making a million dollars a year as public defender, but it's an important role. So we take it seriously. We genuinely try to help people. Uh, We know that our clients aren't always the best people out there. And the way we look at it is that if anybody Uh, is going to get railroaded by the system, that means anybody can. So by protecting somebody's rights who we may not particularly like, we are hoping to protect everybody's rights in the process of doing that. Okay. And we do hear a great deal. As a matter of fact, you have an article right in front of you. I printed out this morning that uh, in regard to our uh, uh, congressional leadership has been meeting with um, uh, the police uh, uh, superintendent in Chicago, uh, Mr. Dave Brown, and also the mayor up there. And the discussion is, is two-sided there. It, it's the outnumbering of uh, bad guys on the streets versus the number of police that we have. Uh, in this case, that's Chicago. But what was interesting is they talk about the mental health side uh, as well. Do you see that as playing a role locally with the felonies and misdemeanors that you see? Is the substance abuse programs or substance use, whatever the correct you know term is, Uh, Do you see that playing a role, and how can we actually impact that for the greater good uh, to protect and serve the community? That's a great question. And one of the things that I have been vocal about in the legal community is I think we've done a great job setting up drug courts around the state. That was a push from the top that eventually mandated every county have a drug court. I've been on with you before discussing drug court and the good it does. There's two other programs that I think we need to take a serious look at for our area, and that is Veterans Court and Mental Health Court. We have a number of individuals who I will represent five, six times a year. 
These people get in trouble for ranges of crimes from minor to significant. And we all know them. We know they have mental health issues. We know these are not intentional acts. They'll have a flare up of whatever affliction they have, and they'll end up doing something that gets police intervention called. And the solution is not the Warren County Jail. Um, Sheriff Edwards is not counselor is not staffing professional counselors he's staffing jailers they are not set up to deal with people with these significant mental health needs and we don't have a real good system in place we're kind of right now stuck between either we get out completely and stay out of it and hope they get help or direct them to get help but without any real force behind it or we put them in jail and force them to do things once they get out but we don't have a lot of power when they're not sitting in the jail or sitting in the courtroom these mental health courts have them coming to court weekly while we have counselors on staff. They have to go to meetings, and we try to work with them to solve the problem because we can put them in jail, and that's going to solve our problem for 60 days. But it's, right. these are local residents. These people aren't going anywhere. You know, Our better option would be to put the system in place to try to help them and not have these recurring issues. It's not like they're going to move. Their, this is their home. And either we help them or we deal with them every other month for the rest of our lives. Okay, and you're on the you know, the the ground zero of this. You see this every day, and like you said, you represent certain uh, individuals multiple times a year for, for infractions that, as you said, could be caused by, um, uh, you know, the whatever affliction they're dealing with. So very interesting. There's some, some uh, other information on the table about Illinois becoming one of the states, uh, along with others, that will use a different um, system. So the, the suggestion is you call 911, and the dispatcher may have the ability to transfer the call to a mental health coordinator as opposed to directly to the police. Have you heard about this? Yes, and I think it's a great idea. I also sit, I'm the attorney for the Police and Fire Commission in Macomb. I'm good friends with the chief of police in Macomb, so I kind of keep myself abreast of what's going on on both sides of these issues. And the issues we're having with police right now is really exacerbating our problems. Um, there's a lot of people who are turning against the police. And speaking of mental health issues, it's wearing on the police as well. We're seeing difficulty in recruiting police officers, difficulty in keeping police officers. And a lot of that is you sign up to do a job and then they expect you to do nine other jobs. You know, the police should not be the ones called out for every civil issue, every mental health issue, everything that comes up that's a problem. Uh, we have kind of a system in place that puts a lot on these people who don't have the training for that and aren't expected to have training for some of these things. But they're kind of a catch-all at this point, the police, which is draining for them, and it's not great for the system that they're responding to. So I think that if we can have something set up, that would really solve a number of issues realistically. I think it would improve perception of the police because they'd be doing the job they were signing up to do and asked to do, not all the other jobs, and they would keep them out of situations that they're not trained for and are not put in positions where they should be trained for. So I think if we could kind of spread the load of this response to the people that know about it and have an ability to solve the different crisis, I think that would help across the board in a number of places. We're talking with Justin Bauer, who is the Warren County Public Defender and also Lucy Bauer and Associates. And thanks for explaining more about it. I haven't seen a lot on that, that uh, future uh, potential change to our 911 system. Yeah. Somewhere in the next couple of years, it's supposed to be uh, more information because who would you transfer it to in Warren County or, say, McDonough County? Where would that phone call go if it's not the police? And that's kind of the problem is it's a great theory, but it, it requires a lot of infrastructure that's not there yet. It's not a short-term solution. 
this would require a revamping of the entire 911 system we have now. So it's not going to be an overnight solution, but I think it is something to strive for. Okay. And uh, anything else that you would like folks to know about in the in the communities? Uh, one of the big things that just hit the governor's desk on, uh, I believe it was the 28th of June, is a bill to allow electronic will signings and witnessing. I think that's going to be really important going forward. Right now, as you have an aging community uh, and people want to make changes to their wills or even just set one up for the first time, it's not always easy, especially as we know right now with COVID still uh, hanging around. Some of these nursing homes, people want to change something, but they're not allowed to leave or we're not allowed to go in. So they're, uh, if the governor signs this bill, we'll, we will be allowed to witness and execute wills through electronic means like your Zoom, your FaceTime, other sorts of uh, visual and audio communication, but without being in person. And I think this is going to allow a lot of leeway now for people who would have to come into a room. And under Illinois law, you have to have both witnesses, the will signee, and the notary in the same room at the same time for it to be a valid will. And when people are trying to social distance or you have sick people who want to make a will, it's not easy to get in a room with four strangers in tight quarters in a law office and feel comfortable. So I think this is certainly going to help people prepare uh, for their affairs to be in order and do so in a way they feel safe about. And we're happy to work with that moving forward. We hope the governor signs that soon. Okay. So many different changes due to COVID-19. I've never even thought of electronic will signing, but you're right. It was very challenging for people to go to and from anywhere at a time where they may very well be thinking of changing a will due to the pandemic. Absolutely. We had a lot of issues with people uh, in the hospital who had COVID and wanted to update their will, and we were not allowed in to discuss it with them or have them sign it. We had to do things by phone. And then, frankly, we had to put some pressure on some of these nursing homes and hospitals that the only way we are allowed to do this is in person. We have to find a way to make this happen. Uh, We did some through glass barriers so that we can still see the person signing it. You know, we were willing to work with them, but, you know, their original response of, sorry, you can't, uh, for our client's sake, we weren't taking no for an answer sometimes and kind of forcing their hand to work with us a little bit. It, it did cause a lot of problems. I bet. Okay, well, we'll wait and see. The governor has quite a few things on his desk. He's, I believe this morning, Jack uh, had a story uh, that came through Metro News that said he had signed I don't know, up to 96 bills so far, something like that. It's With COVID, it delayed a lot of the the lawmakers from being able to get together. And, and so they're trying to catch up. Yes, they are. And they're doing a lot of work right now. Okay, Justin, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Justin Bauer with us, Warren County Public Defender on 1330 WRAM and FM 94.1.